Welcome to Straight Shot. Marketing is everywhere. It's around your life. From what you eat to what you wear and where you go. It is a vital part of any and all business. Let's discuss the world of marketing and business as it influences everyday life with the staff of Atlanta Marketing Agency, Reformation Productions, and guests as they give it to us straight. Get ready. Take aim. Steady. Welcome to Straight Shot. Sorry, I just always kind of want to do that. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Straight Shot. I'm Jennifer Bennett. With me, as always, is my lovely assistant, B. Zachary Bennett. Hi there. He hates it when I call him that. Um, we uh, are here today to discuss something very important today that I'm sure all of us took part in this past weekend. And that is, of course, the viewing of the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Um, we always make it a tradition every year to have a Super Bowl party where we, you know, enjoy you know, family and friends and coworkers, and we sit around and we watch TV, we yeah. eat food, and we wait until the game is over so that we can watch the commercials. That's what we do. We like the yeah. commercials. We, uh, for the last several years, we have had a, uh, a tradition of we'll have, you know, this company party where everybody gathers around to watch the commercials during the Super Bowl. So, you know, the game blah, comes blah, blah, on. Sports. Yeah, commercials. The, the game comes on and that's when everybody goes yeah. to the bathroom and refills snacks. And then we come back out to actually watch the commercials. And we would um, kind of tweet along our thoughts uh, to the commercials in real time as we went through. This year we decided to, uh, to not do that. We still had... The, uh, the get together and we ate snacks and so forth but uh, we decided to put our thoughts together on the podcast format this go around yes and uh, so this year we had uh, the Super Bowl was hosted in Atlanta yeah. at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium so we all stayed in our houses we tried to stay away <laughs> from Atlanta but you know what I actually heard that Atlanta I have to give Atlanta mad props because whoop whoop and whatnot because I heard that the traffic situation and uh, whether it was on foot or on you know, vehicle, was all very well managed yeah. by, the, uh, by the people of Atlanta. Everybody was very friendly, very welcoming. The weather was amazing. It was, it was. We literally had a break from all the you know, rain and, and cold weather to have just an absolutely stunning weekend. So, you, can, you can never yeah. trust the weather in Atlanta, though, because, you know, just, what, three days before we were supposed to have snowmageddon? Yeah, we were supposed to have, we were supposed <laughs> to be, I mean, schools shut down and everything, and ended up being like a 50-degree sunny day, yep. so our kids were just, like, running around in circles, banging into each other Well, I, I am glad we weren't in Chicago, because they did oh, get bad weather. negative 60 degrees. Shout out to my Chicago peoples. So sorry about you. You should move. Anyway. <laughs> like um, you did. Yeah, like I did. I flew south for the winter and just stayed. That's what happened um and so yes yeah, so it took place in atlanta the two teams that uh battled it out on the gridiron was the los angeles rams mm -hmm. and the new england new england new england patriots <laughs> what a surprise that they were in the super bowl i know <laughs> tom brady what anyways i'm gonna reserve all my comments about tom brady to myself <laughs> um, he is not my favorite not my favorite player. Uh, but anyway, so yes, the game itself, and I'd like to ask you, Zachary, what your opinions of the game actually were, because I mean, there was a football game happening in between all these commercials, and I personally, and there was also a uh, halftime event 
with um, the Maroon Five. Yes. With a special guest Travis Scott and Big Boy. I uh, I actually started watching football as a sport late. Uh, a friend of mine um, from and he was at an agency that I worked at. Uh, invited me to come over and start watching football with him. And I'm like, I don't care anything about football. I'm a musician um, uh, by trade, uh, specifically back when I was younger. And uh, when I first got into uh, marketing and advertising, uh, I still had the whole anti-sports thing going on. There were, back in the 80s, there were very defined cliques. He's very anti-jock. I was not in the jock clique, for those of you that knew me back then. Uh, but uh, so I did not I did not watch sports. I considered sports a complete and total waste of time. Uh, however, <laughs> in uh, he was a big Seminoles fan because he went to FSU. Uh, talking about you, John Shaver, and uh, he invited me over to uh, you know to spend time with him and, and to watch uh, football because he had all of his buddies come over because they were all big football fans. And he explained the game to me, and I, I got some uh, uh, some appreciation uh, for the game. So uh, I do actually. My son is really into football now, so he and I watch it together. I used to watch it with my dad. I um, like the foosball. After yes, you're a big Alabama fan. I am a Roll Tide fan. Sorry, Auburn. <laughs> Suck it. Um, but uh, my my father was a big uh, dogs fan. Uh, mm-hmm. For UGA and uh, my son basically likes whoever's winning. I think, but <laughs> he's a big Todd Gurley fan. Yeah, Tyler's a Todd so, Gurley uh, fan, which is on the LA Rams. It's so. definitely something that we do now as a, as a, a family thing. Way to spend you know spend several hours in front of the TV. But uh, so as far as my thought of the game, since I do actually have an opinion now, um, anytime there's a defense oriented game, which this one was. It seems to drag on and on and on. Your excitements and your touchdowns and you're doing a little celebration. That's all. That's very limited when nobody scores. Very so, low scoring game. Yeah, it's like the um, lowest scoring game in Super Bowl history or something. Some weird nonsense. Yeah. Like well, Maroon Five was winning in score because at least they had five for most of the game. Yikes. So, <laughs> uh, as far as the halftime show, I know a lot of people are um, comparing it to a Prince's show. Um, and that could be because of the circles that I run in. Um, and comparing it to Prince's show is not fair. Um, I haven't heard that but, at all. It must be your circles. Yeah, probably is. But um, the I think that he did a uh, he they did a fine job for the uh, the show, a Super Bowl show, the um, halftime show. I do think that it was um, not overly exciting. But he was under a ton of pressure. Yes. He meaning Adam Levine. Um, they he was he was not the first choice to be in the not Super Bowl this year. Not even the second choice. And, not even the third choice. Uh, a lot of people kept just giving them static the entire time for for saying that they would do it. Now the Super Bowl is always a great thing for whatever act gets to play during the super time the super time <laughs> those uh, the halftime show. Um, because it, it boosts the um, the awareness with different generations and sales always goes up for whoever mm-hmm. the, the band is. And they did, by the way. They went up 
400%. Um, yeah, they went up a lot. De- Album after. sales increased for Maroon 5 by 400%. For all three acts, even the ones that people couldn't understand. Yeah, Travis Scott, <laughs> Travis Scott went up, I think, 200%, and then Big Boy went up 150%. Right. So uh, it was still very successful for them. Uh, was it you know, exciting? Did uh, Janet Jackson get her uh, wardrobe malfunctions? No, no. but Adam Levine uh, actually had did. a wardrobe malfunction. Uh, and so he, I saw now, boobs. I saw boobs. Now he's getting static for that. So, I mean, we started with him having the problem. The biggest issue, that with reason why nobody would do it, because we originally, we Atlanta, originally wanted an Atlanta artist. Mm-hmm. To, to do it because we have a lot here yeah we're um, like the hub for hip-hop we are um, we have we have there's a lot of people that are from here um, and none of them would do it because of the Kaepernick yeah the, the NFL boycott yeah. so uh, because we are a center for hip-hop or you know black music um, and that's a very sensitive topic to that culture nobody wanted to touch it um, so, you know, Maroon 5 had, had things stacked against them when they, when they started. I thought they did well. I didn't know he could play guitar that well, so, I mean, that was good. Well, uh, one of the other things that's interesting to note about what you're talking about is uh, Gladys Knight, who looked stunning, by the yep. way, she came out and sang the national anthem. She did a great job. And people on social media were bold enough to give her static for her choice to come on and do the national anthem. I know. She is so far removed from politics nowadays. Yeah, she got on social media and turned it right around and blasted them, and she donated a bunch of money to um, certain charities. uh, And I know that Maroon 5 and Travis Scott together donated a million dollars I have and, not heard that. Yeah, and I think I think what it is is that the artists don't actually get paid to do they the don't. Super Bowl. They don't. They just get recognition and they get you know a bump in mm-hmm. sales. But they do. They did dedicate at least a million dollars of their bump in sales. I see to that. So um, it was his way of, uh, of of kind of paying it back. And you know, a lot of radio shows talk about Radio Row happens about a week before or a few days before the Super Bowl, where all the radio stations in the area that the Super Bowl is in, i.e. Atlanta, uh, Radio Row comes out a few days before the Super Bowl, and all the radio stations in the area come out, and they get to interview the halftime act. Mm-hmm. It's the tradition. It's always been, and it gives the artist who is performing during the halftime show an opportunity to plug the event, to hype everybody up, to drop hints about what some surprises might be in store. It's actually a quite anticipated thing for radio stations in the area, mm-hmm. Because it also pushes radio station, you know. Sure. Well, their, they get there's all these people that are in town, and they get to have segments on their radio absolutely. shows. Absolutely, they get so, to bump yeah. elbows with the celebrities that are going to sure. be, uh, and you know, maybe find out a little bit of the secret stuff that might be happening. Okay, all that to say, because of the controversy right. surrounding Maroon Five, they actually canceled Radio Row uh, for for Atlanta for this particular Super Bowl because. And, you know, I don't know why, but the... It, it was, I think that it was hard enough to get an act to agree to do the show. They didn't want to tempt fate by having them ask these questions yeah, right before the show. Yeah, they're just going to be bombarded by yeah. um, opinion. And people asking, well, you know, how do you feel about Colin Kaepernick? How do you feel about the boycott? How mm-hmm. do you feel about this? And how could you? And heaven forbid you have a radio host, like, you know, verbally assault right. Maroon 5 right before they take the stage. So... I think that they kind of tried to avoid all that they by did. sidestepping it. But that's actually kind of a big deal here in Atlanta is that there it was pretty radio silent before. Mm-hmm. And, you know, which only kind of led to people maybe in some way hyping Maroon 5 in their heads. 
thinking, ooh, there's a lot of mystery surrounding Maroon 5 right now because they didn't give anything away. Maybe something huge will come happen, you know. No. No, it was, I, I was it jokingly it was, referring. It was a straight show. It, yeah, I was referring to it as a lackluster bowl as opposed <laughs> to the Super Bowl because there really wasn't anything super about it. Yeah, well, um, the the thing about the Super Bowl that a lot of people don't know, you hear us waxing out about it right now, Super Bowl is 100% business. From the the people that go to the stands to the 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 press junket that happens with all the teams before they're there, um, you know, afterwards, the you know, you were talking about the radio stations that are there, and then the advertising that happens. Oh in the yeah, and downtown Atlanta itself is a giant canvas of advertising. Oh, yeah. Buildings had projections. They had projections on top of all of the buildings for different football players and different advertising and sure. Bud Light practically took over one of the buildings in downtown right. Atlanta. I mean, product placement was abound. And it is worth to note that the Super Bowl is sponsored. The, the number one sponsor of the Super Bowl is Pepsi. Yes. So they actually will- changed... Atlanta's Coca-Cola City yes. into Pepsi. And we, we will talk about that because we're going to go over one of their their spots. That was Coca-Cola. Atlanta is Coca-Cola town. And uh, they came in guns a-blazing. Uh, and, uh, Product we'll, placement of Coca-Cola all over we'll Atlanta talk, was really something to see. We'll talk about that a little, uh, a little more later. But, um, yeah, so there's a lot of business that happens and is generated around the Super Bowl, which is why everybody, you know, wants to have it in their, in their city. Uh, now, I think from a, um, from a customer service sort of perspective, I think Atlanta did pretty well. Um, a lot of issues um, politically with it being here with the, the, the bands and uh, a lot of people didn't like the people that were uh, chosen to play and how they got there. And we're not going to talk about all of the conspiracy theories behind that. Uh, but we will talk about Are the marketing that Deflate happened. Gate? I'm not talking about anything. I'm not referring to a thing. It's really hard um, for me to talk about Tom Brady and, and still be a classy woman on the air. Because <laughs> I got things to say that are not classy. So Some people are big Brady fans. You know that, right? Apparently, yes. I know Giselle <laughs> is one of them. Not everybody can be Peyton Manning and have his personality. I like Peyton Manning. Um, he had a spot. Uh, <laughs> Peyton Manning should always have a spot. Um, he should do commercials. All the, I just enjoy. I enjoy anything with Peyton Manning in it. So let's get to the advertising, shall we? Commercials. Um, we talked about. Um, Christmas advertising a while back. In uh, in that episode, I let you know that there are certain seasons in advertising that uh, we see that are common. One of them is football season. And the head of that is, or head or tail, really, the finale to that is um, the Super Bowl. Now, the Super Bowl has always been a big um, advertising uh, time frame because it was the one time of year that millions of people watched the same show on the same channel at the same time. With a five second delay. So it was, well, that, thank you, Janet Jackson, <laughs> for that. Thank you, Janet and Justin so, Timberlake. Um, but that's why, that's how it became so big for advertisers was it was, there was, I mean, what was it, 10 million views? Uh, of the game, something like that last night, or not last night, uh, this week. So the Super Bowl is one of the highest watched shows of the entire year. And over the last several years, advertisers took advantage of that to unveil their 
big guns, right? These are our, our new commercials, our big commercials. We They would launch... Uh, campaigns and really try to shock people. Spend a lot of money on TV advertising for that night because so many eyeballs were watching the show. So um, TV is what back when TV because it's not anymore. Back when TV was the number one mode of advertising, it was a big deal, and that tradition still lasts. So um, this week when we saw the Super Bowl, we saw a lot of the same sort of big budget highly creative spots and we're going to review some of them sweet so we'll go over uh, i think we'll probably go over the the top i would say the top five but i'm going to play six because there's one that's tied together that i kind of want to talk okay. about so um let's go ahead and let me see who this is nobody so let's go ahead and kind of plug through the first one shall okay, we let's do it uh the first thing that i want to to mention before we get into this is um as bonus content on the straight shot app i'll have a list of all of the the spots that played we're not going to go over all of them and even in that list i did not mark down the ones that were filler and what i mean by that is this every time you see a little uh, you know under the hood every time you see a commercial on a tv station that's for the tv sh- station that's a spot they couldn't fill so if they could not sell a commercial to an advertiser they will fill it with their own because they still have to have uh, enough content. spots mm-hmm. to to have you know the full the full content um so every time that you saw an ad for a TV show or for the station, that lets you know that that is a filler spot because they could not sell that airtime. Mm. So I did not include those in my recount of everybody that, uh, that was playing. But that's, again, bonus content. If you have our app, you can go to, um, to the bonus content that's on there and you're welcome to uh, to look and see all of the different ads that played. But let's talk about the first one that I saw that impressed me. Nah, that's not true. There was one before that that impressed me, but we're not going to show it. We'll talk about it though. The Walmart ad that was all the 80s movies cars. Oh, I liked that. I liked that one. Is that the um, one you're not talking about? No, we're not going to show that one. Uh, but uh, that was the that was the first one that struck me as being Nostalgia. creative during the show. It was obviously tar- targeted towards our demographic, um, and it was very well done. Uh, and it was, of course, the long version. There's They chop it up into little bitty pieces, which you see all the time now, but that was the, the long version. So I, I like that one. But the first one that really got me going was uh, a surprise. It has a twist. So a twist. It is a twist. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and look at it, and then we'll talk about it. It is from, I'm not even going to tell you who it's from. So let's watch it. It's a beautiful day for a joust. Indeed. Sun's out. Got my lucky loincloth, cold Bud Light, comfy throne. I don't have the plague anymore. Look, it's the Bud Light. You hold my beer. You hold my other beer. Whoops. <laughs> One more. All right, let's tap this keg. Yeah, 
So I spent, the reason why this was so good for me, I spent the first half of this commercial going, it's the Bud Knight guy. We have seen this, right? And I'm like, the good commercials haven't started yet. And then the Bud Knight loses. Dun, dun, dun. And you're like, what just what? happened? Then you hear the Game of Thrones theme in the background. Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, and hold on, you're like, everybody. No, no, no. You're like, what is going on? In you guys this have spot, to and picture Zachary's eyes getting wider and wider <laughs> and wider as he starts to sort of hear the theme song in the background. This was not a spot for Bud Light or Bud Knight or Budweiser or whichever brand version of their brand they have. This was for the coming season of Game of Thrones. It was co-branding, which is brilliant. Lots of the ones we see tonight will be co-branding. But the twist at the end, you think this is a beer commercial, it's not. It's a twist. Was great. It was absolutely great. And for all of us, and there are a lot of us that are very excited about Game of Thrones coming back, um, it was it was just great. It was epic. He totally geeked out. I really, out. really Super enjoyed Super geeked out. He, I mean, to the point where that. a grown man was clapping, all by himself, clapping in the living room. Now, uh, the, the, the co-branding aspect of that was, was brilliant. And from a uh, monetary standpoint, from the business side, uh, the dragon has already been made for the show in post, so they didn't have to remake that. The, um, the setting for the Bud Knight commercial was already built because they've used it in their other things, so there was no additional money for that. This was just smart thinking, bringing those two worlds uh, together for that spot. I think it was very, very, very well done, very smart, um, and I enjoyed it. And I don't even like beer. <laughs> No, but you love dragons. Don't. I do love dragons, but I don't like beer. <laughs> so uh, traditionally, beer companies, because of the high male demographic of football, beer companies uh, really shine. Their advertising really shines during the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. um, if you remember, uh, one of the first ones that, that I remember when I started watching football was Wasa. Oh, jeez. Oh, goodness. That went viral before viral existed. Um, and so Budweiser has been extremely good at Super Bowl ads. They like spend their, they shoot everything around the Super Bowl and then play the remaining for the, the rest yeah, of they, the year. Yeah, they went all out this season for, so, the, for their commercials. My, the second one that I want to play is actually another beer commercial. Um, this one, it's been a few days since the Super Bowl, so I've had the, the opportunity uh, people obviously know that um, I'm in, into marketing with the, the agency here and everything. So people come up to me and they ask me, what did you think? This is what I thought, blah, blah, blah. So I've had a couple of days of, of people talking about the spots. This is one of the ones um, that people uh, came up to me and uh, was talking about. So let's watch it and then we will um, go through it after that. Chris, talking about you, you were the one that had mentioned this to me uh, earlier in uh, in the week. So... Shout out to Chris Warren. All right, so let's watch. I've got Game of Thrones theme song. In and that's how you brew it. Um, my king, this corn syrup was just delivered. That's not ours. We don't brew Bud Light with corn syrup. Miller Light uses corn syrup. Let us take it to them at once. But if something did happen, we'd eat the wizard first, right? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, brewers, 
Mr. Fillerlight, we received your corn syrup by mistake. That's not our corn syrup. We received our shipment this morning. You're joking. Try the Coors Light Castle. They also use corn syrup. <sighs> Can you smoke outside? Oh, Brewers of Coors Light, is this corn syrup yours? Well, well, well. Looks like the corn syrup has come home to be brewed. <laughs> to be clear, we brew Coors Light with corn syrup. Ah. Bud Light, brewed with no right. corn syrup. So this spot had lots of things going for it as well. Number one, uh, it was a continuation of the whole Bud Night world, right? Uh, it also was very Monty Python mm -hmm. in its uh, in its nature, and this is the anniversary of Monty Python this year is. So I think it's the twentieth anniversary. I'm not sure. Thirtieth, I don't remember, but it is an anniversary of them because I saw it earlier on my Facebooks. So uh, it, it was must be right. Then. It was a a hearken to. Um, Holy Grail. To the Holy Grail, yeah. So uh, so that was nice. Uh, it had humor, and it pointed out the health concerns of other manufacturers. Mm. Shade. Now, um, shade. The, there's a lot of shade was thrown this year in these, in these mm. spots. We'll talk about we that. We talk about, more. like, mud slinging, because, I mean, they were calling but, them out by name yeah, repeatedly. They did. Um, and Just to be clear... Coors Light <laughs> brews with corn syrup, um, and uh, so that was very was very interesting um, that they that they did that. Now the aftermath of the spot, uh, you hear they they say you know no press is bad press. Well, the corn farmers mm. got upset for pointing out that this was corn syrup, which of course is sugar, which they could have said, which is bad for you. So, um, fructose corn syrup. Yes, so they got a little uh, upset as well, but I think it's a, a good spot, memorable. Everybody's like, they put corn syrup in beer? <laughs> so I thought it was just, you know, liquid bread. I like you know? that, the, um, that the Bud Knight keeps getting struck by lightning. I also like that if you'll notice throughout the entire ad, in the very beginning, it was mentioned that they would eat the old wizard first if they yes. could. But if you'll notice, everybody dies <laughs> except for the old wizard. He's like the one that makes it at the end. It's pretty great. Valkyrie is about to die. I mean, on the ship, everybody's getting picked off the ship by the big sea monster, and the, <laughs> the wizard's just sitting there. <laughs> it's fantastic. All right. So uh, let's move along to one that's a little more wholesome but still fun. Um, this is, speaking of anniversaries, this is the 100th anniversary of the NFL. So I love this ad. And so they had their own ad in the middle of the show, which I thought was very good. So let's This one's one of my favorites. Let's watch it and then we'll talk about it a little bit. Welcome to the 100th season of the National Football League. Tonight is not about the league. What's up, Juju? It's about football. It's about the players. The fans, the moment, and everything else that makes you say, oh boy. Fumble! Come on! No can do, cowboy.
know I have more yards than they do. You still got it. Yeah, that hurt. Boy, this is a great party. Get out there, old man. Obese. You want this? Come and get it. I love that ad. I think it's so great. Google the significance of that girl. You can't. She is. I can't. I believe she was. Uh, one. She. She got a, a scholarship to play football. I don't. I don't know. I had to double check that. Um. So the thing that was really great about this spot is it was very. NFL family oriented. You saw new players. You saw old mm-hmm. legends of the game. You saw you. You wondered where you know th- this person was. Or that Ugly person. Joe Namath. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I think it was really well done. It was feel good. Um, it was true to the love of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, very well done. They even included the the young lady in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, that's so great. I mean, it was old. It was new. It was boss. You know the. It's so great. Like you had mentioned, um, the it starts off pretty dry, you know, pretty it straightforward. And, and you're pretty, like, oh, this is just know, something they're playing in the middle of the corporate. game. Pretty corporate. And then all of a sudden, uh, the loose ball happens. And when the loose ball happens, everybody loses their mind. <laughs> and I think that is just so great. And at no point does anybody get upset about the wreckage that's happening. Right, because they all want to do the same thing. It doesn't hurt that they that it takes two or whatever the music was sure. in the background is all vintage as well. Like it just it makes you want to get up and, and you know dance. It would be even cooler if they had like the Super Bowl shuffle playing in the background. But you know I'm a <laughs> Chicago girl, so I I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, I think it was it was good. It was, it was, it was unexpected. It, it but it was true to the NFL brand mm-hmm. and 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 very very well done. I, I just I really enjoyed that one as well. Uh, all right, so now let's talk about one of the more um, conscientious uh, or sensitive ads that were there, more heart-touching uh, ones that played. This one was mentioned to me, again, during the last couple of days by a, a client of mine when we were talking about a video shoot that we have coming up that is uh, going to be similar in uh, nature as far as uh, being emotional. Um, she had... Uh, referred to this ad like if you saw this ad during the Super Bowl I'm like well of course I did so uh, let's go ahead and play that and then we'll uh, we'll talk about it as well hi my name is Anthony Lynn in 2005 I was in a horrible car accident I was hit by a car going 50 miles an hour and I promise you I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the first responders they told me that I flew 45 50 feet in the air the doctor told me so you're very you're very lucky it was a miracle Hi, Coach. My name is Jim Brittle. This is my partner, Craig Kelly. We're the first two first responders on scene. Coach, my name is Skyla Bosco. I was the paramedic on Medic Engine 1 that evening. I've often thought about, you know, who showed up that night. 
I never thought I'd see you. I mean, that's, it's unbelievable. They said I had to have some angels with me that night to survive. I believe you guys are angels. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, mm. so this the the thing that that really stands out to me about this ad uh, is that it wasn't a traditional cell phone company ad. There it was wasn't, no cell phones used in the making of this advertisement. It wasn't uh, all about the the minutes and how good our coverage is or anything like that. This was about how they are underneath the surface of people's lives and people's lives matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, whoever you know signed off on this being their Super Bowl commercial was was brave because it's not like the other ones. But I think because of that, it makes a very strong statement uh, and it aligns themselves with you know civic first responders that are out there laying their lives down. Um, for and that need a way to communicate, and more than likely, the cell phone is the the way to do it. Um, so I think that was very well done. The other thing, uh, from a creative standpoint, that's good about this is the the director, the the agency that that put this spot together. They knew what they were doing, and the main um, talent in it didn't. They sent him. Uh, that was a coach. They sent him uh, to talk to first responders because of his own story. He did not know that the first responders from his specific incident were going to be there. So he was going out doing community service, telling these people, thank you for your, you know, um, that for doing your job because somebody like you. And then they turned around and was like, no, not somebody like me. It was me. And that, you know, made him cry. And that was brilliant. They captured it all on film. And understanding the big picture of what's going to happen, being able to capture it, and then, you know, uh, to use it. It's just very, very well done. Very insightful. Um, good job on that one. What did you think? Um, yeah, I think, you know, they Verizon chose to think outside the box. They did. Their marketing. And, I mean... You know, there's nothing wrong with low-hanging fruit. Low-hanging fruit being, oh, you have a cell. Can you hear me now? Well, yeah, we'll have a cell phone commercial about cell phones and minutes, and you know, nationwide coverage, and we'll slam Sprint and we'll slam Mm -hmm. Metro PCS and whatever it is. I mean, that's pretty low-hanging. That's pretty inside the box. It's pretty boring. So I think, for you know, for Verizon to understand that this was the Super Bowl of commercial advertising, mm-hmm. pun intended. Take, take a risk. Yeah, yeah, that they were going to use their marketing dollars wisely. You know, you've got these companies that make commercials regularly. They spend lots and lots of money, celebrity endorsements regularly. So what is going to make the money that they invest in this particular season worth it? How many times have you seen a Super Bowl commercial that is something that's already been shown before or completely lackluster and boring that's a lot of money to spend on something so i think that um i think that verizon did a really good job trying to think outside the box trying to make their marketing dollars go farther really impact people uh, in an in an uh, unpredictable way and then i think the message was quite clear that um they're not just talking about how important uh, Verizon is, but how important answering the call is, and how right. you know, with everything that's been going on with uh, the wildfires in California and first responders being uh, on the front of everybody's mind these days, 
I think capitalizing on that uh, is something that kind of unifies us as a people with all mm -hmm. the divisiveness that's happening is that we can appreciate first responders, firefighter, paramedic, police officers. And I think that that was a wonderfully subtle, very impactful way to do so. Well, cell phones have been getting a lot of uh, that's a cliche that actually is, is even more damaging because of it. They've been getting a lot of static, not really. A lot of buzz. They've been getting. Uh, they've been been under uh, a lot of fire lately because of the millennial generation's dependency on cell phones. So this was a kind of a way to say, you know, yes, you didn't have a cell phone when you were growing up, but you need it now. You know, and it was a good way to remind people that, you know, while, you know, everybody, you know, while they're doing dinner is, you know, doing all this. And that's that is them as well. There's an underlying um, service that they provide that that is quite useful, mm -hmm. uh, particularly in, in that situation. Now, uh, along the lines of what you were saying, um, if this had been a traditional Verizon commercial, we wouldn't be talking about it. It would have been just like everything else. It would have been completely skipped over. I think Verizon has a tendency to to come at you kind of snarky. Like there's always sort of like this sarcasm about, well, you know, we are Verizon and we are, you know, can you hear me now? Of course you can hear me now. And all the, you know, <laughs> there's just sort of like arrogance in their advertising, in my opinion, a lot. So for them to come down a peg was actually really impressive and extremely unexpected. Yeah. So, uh, again, very well done. Now, let's go from talking about that. And, again, these are in no particular order, top five, top six. No, no particular order. Yeah, because you would just, have ended with the Game of Thrones one. Just that the was ones your coup d'etat. That, that, uh, that we're going to talk about. The next one that I want to talk about was one that took advantage of being in Atlanta. Um, again, we're talking about taking risks. This was a big risk taker. So much that it was kind of hard for me to find this spot in order to put it in the podcast after the show. So let's look at it. He's Jeff Saturday. He's Rick Monday. And the only thing that comes between them is where to go for chicken. On Sunday. You think they're closed? No, man. Hush. Hand-breaded chicken, fresh-made salads, and world-famous sauces Yay. on Sunday and every day, only at Zaxby's. How's your chicken? Delicious. We should do this again. What about Monday? How about Saturday? Sunday. So uh, before we, we talk about the details of this, can we just talk about how stupid it is for a restaurant or business to have a door that says push when it's a pull handle? <laughs> yes. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. There's, there's a, you don't pull on a push bar. And you don't push on a pull bar. How hard is that? To, anyway, I digress. Now, that's just a thing for me. That seriously just made my brain yeah. hurt. <laughs> um, the thing about this spot is they obviously went directly after Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is from Atlanta. It's the home of the chicken sandwich. So they decided, hey, let's, you know, 
be super abrasive and see what happens. Um, and it, it worked. People are very upset in Atlanta that somebody dare go after Chick-fil-A that's from the South. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's been, um, been uh, they've started some controversy with this. Uh, and um, the, the good thing behind this was you have two, um, I don't know if they were sports announcers or who they were, uh, two guys that fit the, the football demographic uh, coming together and, uh, you know, talking about whatever they were going to talk about. And so the, the whole idea of the, the demographic, they both come in with their sports cars and they're both, you know, sports announcers or whoever they are. That, that was smart. But the constant, you know, underhanded digging at Chick-fil-A. Wow. I, I, I like Chick-fil-A. Um, and I understand why they did it. Uh, because they were trying to draw out what they think is a weakness for Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A does not look at that as a weakness. Jeez. So what are, what were your thoughts here? You're very emotional about the Zaxby's <laughs> ad. I mean, I do love me some Atlanta, but I am a Midwestern girl, so I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. Here's the thing. You know, when you're when you're a company and you want to create advertising or, or market your brand, you've got to find what makes you different than your competitors. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, uh, I don't know if y'all know this, but like Chick-fil-A only sells chicken and Zaxby's also only sells chicken. They are each other's direct competition. They are. And, um, you know, Chick-fil-A has this this own brand in Atlanta that runs away with itself. And uh, yes, it owns Atlanta, you know. However, you know, if Zaxby's was gonna be a formidable opponent, it had to think about what really set it apart from its direct competitor. And, you know, Zachary, you can get all emotional all you want, but you get so mad when all you want after church is a chicken sandwich <laughs> on a Sunday, and he cannot have one. That's true. I mean, he, you know, the, the man gets ugly. I don't know about being mad, but it definitely comes up in conversation. Yes, Christ leaves his body for that moment. It's interesting. All Christians want on uh, on People Sunday want chicken is chicken. On <laughs> it's, there's actually something to be said about that as a long-standing tradition. Whether maybe it, it found its roots in uh, church-going folks, but people want chicken on Sundays. It's like the end of the weekend. You know, getting ready for the work week to start. Everybody has this like fried chicken fantasy on a Sunday. But what I think I really like about Zaxby's is Zaxby's decided, you know, that's what we have going for us. Is, you know, we might not have, you know, the best tasting product. We might not have the best selling um, marketing strategy. We don't have cows. Right. Um, but we, ha- we are open on Sundays. And so they pinpointed the one thing that makes them different than their competition, and they decided to pour their Super Bowl money into it. And so I thought it was brilliant. And what I also thought was brilliant is that it was super shady. However, it did not directly call out Chick-fil-A. Unlike the Bud Light commercial that was calling out Miller Light, Coors Light, this one did not ever say anything at all about Chick-fil-A. And I'm wondering if there are people out there that are not from the Atlanta area, that are not familiar with Chick-fil-A as much, that would even understand. Right. Because if you're from the Atlanta area, you understand how frustrating it is not to get a chicken sandwich on a Sunday. But maybe other people don't, and maybe that message was lost on them. I don't know. But I do know that it struck a chord with you, (laughs) and it never once even alluded to Chick-fil-A. There was no marketing, there was no cow, there was no 
nothing. All it said was, we want chicken on Sunday, period. And I thought that it was brilliant because, you know, Chick-fil-A is a rock-solid brand. It always has. Truett Cathy took his um, his brand, his company, his, his restaurant, and built this brand powerhouse that runs right. all by itself. Right. And... Um, you know, you think about it being this rock, you know, all these advertising and branding books about about the, the Chick-fil-A brand. And, and I thought this was hysterical because they left this huge hole in their brand that invites competition in. And I know that you say, and I, I do agree with you, Zachary, that Truett Cathy and or Dan Cathy and the people that are running Chick-fil-A, they don't view their Sundays off Not as... It's not a, a negative a negative thing, right. right? Because it's the day that they give everybody off to spend time with their families and do the things that Correct. they want to do on those days. And it sets them apart from every other restaurant. It does. It's part of their brand right. recognition, which is. is so great and so frustrating to the consumer. And so I actually, I mean, I, I guess it's the devil's advocate part of me, but I just thought that Zaxby's did a really wonderful job wedging into, let's say, let's say Chick-fil-A has 80% of the market. And there's only 20% that Zaxby's has. Well, I tell you what, Zaxby's poured a million dollars into that 20% <laughs> gap, and they made themselves at home in that gap that they left for the Super Bowl. And I thought it was wonderful. And yes, it was very daring to do that in Atlanta when Atlanta hosts the Super Bowl, and we're giving up Coke for Pepsi, we're giving up Chick Fil A for Zaxby's. Yep. So let's let's move on and let's talk about that. Let's talk about Pepsi. Pepsi's the last one that we're going to to go through today, uh, but there's a bigger story. Pepsi owns sponsors the halftime show, so they are a big sponsor of the Super Bowl uh, in general. And when the Super Bowl came to Atlanta, they came here about a week earlier and they plastered the town with uh, outdoor marketing. And that outdoor marketing said, guess who's in Atlanta? Directly poking fun at the fact that everybody knows that this Coca-Cola is it. Remember the soda wars, the mm-hmm. Coke wars? Coca-Cola wars. Um, this is... Atlanta Coca Cola, literally right same down thing. the street from the Coca Cola, right. the World of Coke Museum right. and processing. Yeah. So the first thing uh, was people saw these banners up on the uh, the street signs and poles and stuff uh, around Atlanta that were literally poking fun at, haha, we're here. Um, again, very witty. You know, uh, uh, again, to your your point with Zaxby's, they 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 knew the situation and they met it head on, and people were very upset, which was the point, right? So uh, you heard, they were talking about it on the radio show, and and people were talking about it on social media. Way they should kick them out of here, and blah blah blah. And you can't. They wanted the city of Atlanta to take down the the Pepsi outdoor marketing that was out there. And they couldn't because they bought it. They paid for the right to the Super Bowl. So there's nothing that the city of Atlanta could do uh, as far because they had a right to it. So that was first. Then we didn't hear anything else. Then came their Super Bowl ad, which was obviously spearheaded by somebody that is from the South. Let's watch it and you'll see what I mean. <laughs> I'll take a Coke. Is Pepsi okay? Is Pepsi okay? Is Pepsi okay? Ow! 
Our puppy's okay. He's a shooting star, okay? Is the laughter of a small child okay? Um, Are you with me? You seem confused. Let's role play. Now. Uh, okay, I'm Steve. I'm an actor. No, no, and... no. Just order something. Uh, I'll have... You will have a nice cold glass of the best thing you ever tasted. Okay? Okay. I think you might be just saying it wrong. You gotta say it with pride, okay? Okay. Oh, yeah, kind of. Pepsi's more than okay. It's... Okay! What have we learned today? You want a Pepsi? I want a Pepsi. She wants a Pepsi. There you go. Like a little John. Oh, come. <laughs> I've got to come up with my own catchphrase. Okay. All right. So the the thing about this that is so smart is they took a situation that happens almost every hour in Atlanta, if not the rest of the South, where people order a Coke. All soft drink, no matter what it is, here is called Coke. We don't call it pop. We don't call it soda. It's called Coke. Raise your hand and yell right now if you're in Atlanta and you understand what I'm saying. Everything here is called Coke. Then you have what brand of Coke do you want? But to begin with, you say you want Coke. So that's immediately the first thing that happened. So she says, I'll have a Coke. And the waiter says, we have Pepsi products. Is that okay? Because it's not really Coke. That happens all the time in restaurants in Atlanta. If they carry something other than Coca-Cola products, they have to say, so if they bring you a Pepsi, even though you meant a cola... It doesn't taste the same. It, it, yeah, then it would be, you know, they could have to refund your money or whatever. So uh, that happens all the time. And then they use celebrity endorsement, a lot of it in this, to, to make it funny on top of that. Okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think that though I am from the South mm. and from Atlanta, uh, and I do understand that this is home of Coca-Cola, uh, I do think this was very smartly done, um, and they were they didn't they didn't attack Coke, they just were like, really is that what you're gonna say? <laughs> you know, which I thought I thought it was very well. What did what did, what did I you think, think the use of Steve Carell? Steve Carell is such a likable guy. He is, you know, and of course he's forever typecast from The Office as Michael Scott from The Office, and that particular character is kind of fumbling. And um, but sweet, and I think you know he could say anything, and it's just like, oh, Steve Carell, you know. <laughs> so I think the use of him really kind of softened the blow, mm -hmm. and um, which I think was pretty smart because they they came in like a whirlwind in uh, their outdoor advertising, like you were saying, and then the actual ad itself, because even though it was it was shot here in Atlanta. The uh, the actual ad is shown all over the all over the right. world, so they just they did like a softer blow that way because it's not as directly impactful to the people of Atlanta. Sure. And I have a comment about that since you're so saucy about sure about this whole Pepsi invasion. Um, I thought it was really funny because Atlanta 
hosts the Super Bowl. We hosted the Super Bowl. And as a gracious host, we have to allow people to come through <laughs> that we may or may not like very much, but we're hosting. And yes, I mean, to your point, they would not have agreed to do the Super Bowl if they'd had a huge problem with Pepsi because right. Pepsi is the halftime show. But um, I think the fact that Pepsi came in like a guerrilla campaign and offended everybody is right on track with where we are as a nation right now. True. With all the controversy and um, shock and awe that we experience on a daily basis from social media, it would be most of these ads are designed around like de- like divisiveness, even in a playful way, this versus that, That's... this versus that, and getting people worked up about it. And I think that their point was to get people upset. And I'm, I don't know how I feel about that because part of me thinks well, it's let really me, great. Well, let me share with you what happened afterwards. All right. So now the Super Bowl is over. And the first thing that Pepsi did was they put out another ad, which I'm going to throw up here. Uh, it's not a, uh, a video ad. It's a, a graphic. So, And it says, Dear Atlanta. Here, let me make this bigger where we can see it. It says, Dear Atlanta, now that the week is over, we wanted to take a moment and thank you for being such gracious hosts, which they were. We heard all around that Atlanta was was very hospitable. Uh, You really have an amazing city, and we have truly lived up and have truly lived up to the standards of Southern hospitality. They are buttering some biscuits, are they not? All right. Thank you as well for being such good sports and embracing the cola truce. By putting aside our differences for a day, we were able to create some good and donate 130,000 meals to people in need in partnership with the United Way of Atlanta. And that's definitely more than okay. Here's to making new friends in unexpected places. Cheers, Pepsi. That? (laughs) Classy. um, Very classy. and it, it acknowledged and let people know we were just poking fun, just good-hearted. Thanks for you know taking it well, which some people did not. <laughs> but uh, very classy, upstanding way to do it. They were able to protect their market share in the South by doing something like this. Um, I think it was very well done. Yeah, I think that it. I, I think it's wonderful, and it also allowed for them a couple more opportunities to throw their own hashtags in there. Yes, they did. More um, than okay. More than okay, and cola truce. Um, but I do. I think that they handled it really well. You can tell certain. You can tell the difference between mature brands and yes. immature brands. And, you know, and there's two types of immature brands. There are brands that have been around a long time and still uh, are always reaching for the low-hanging fruit. And then there's the brands that are relatively new to the game, which are the obvious immature ones. But some of these brands, I mean, Budweiser nailed it this year, as it does every Super Bowl with sure. the Clydesdales and everything. But they they um, they try to reach all different sectors of the community. They have your silly ones. You have your the Clydesdales are, are an amazing sight to see. They they're those are outdoor marketing in and of itself. Besides just the Super Bowl, because when they came through Atlanta, the Clydesdales did, and they had meet and greets with these horses. These horses are celebrities, and they're huge. If you've never seen them in person, <laughs> the Budweiser Clydesdales are the size of a yep. house. They're huge. They're beautiful giant animals, and. Um, but I think the Budweiser is a mature brand. I think uh, Verizon has been an immature brand in my eyes. Uh, again, been around a long time, always kind of pander to the low-hanging fruit. I think this year, 
you saw a they maturity. grew up a little bit yeah they became classy yeah yeah um i think zaxby's is still playing fun you know zaxby's has a lot of campaigns out there about their milkshakes and getting celebrities to endorse different salads and things and it's you know it's pretty easy it's pretty low and then they come out with this uh tongue-in-cheek one about chick-fil-a and i think that was a sign of uh of some strategy maturity they're thinking right. more strategically um, I definitely think there were some misses uh, this year, but I also thought that there was some bar raising. And, um, you know, one of the ones that you didn't mention, because Zachary has a very, um, I don't know what the word is, sensitive, like, grossometer, if you will. Like, he gets easily grossed out. What are we talking about? I'm talking about the, I don't remember the name of the company, but the one that had the chewable milk. Oh, <laughs> it totally grossed him out. I thought it was hysterical. That and was mint. Um, oh yeah, mint. Um, oh, mint media mint. or something. It was some. It was a new company, the company yeah. that I didn't know. And um, but it left an impression. It did because everybody has a visceral reaction when you think of the chunky milk. Yes. And they, they were like, "Oh, this is so good!" And you see the little the young that, teenager right. like trying to get it out of the glass and then you shoot back to the person sitting on the couch like this that's that's just not right that's not that's not right and i thought that was hysterical and i remembered it i will remember that forever because of that image that unifies all of us together i don't think there's a person on this planet that is like ooh, yummy you know chewable milk like <laughs> so you know in a world where we are constantly fought, fraught with divisiveness and arguing and competitiveness and he said, she said, fake news, everybody getting their feelings hurt, people waffling on different issues, people calling out everybody for being something or upsetting somebody. I think, you know, trying to focus on what is truly unifying about humanity is really, really important. And it's very difficult to find things that I do that. I tell you, I'm just glad we didn't see anything about Trump. I don't think we did. There wasn't anything the entire three and a did half hours, a however long vacation? it was. We did. We didn't have to to witness any wow. Trump bashing. We didn't have to. I mean, there was. I don't. I don't recall any of that. Yeah, we didn't and have any politics. Last year, hmm. we had the the Bud candidate thing. The, there yeah. was like a Bud Light ad with yeah. uh, Amy Schumer and whatnot, right. and Jimmy Fallon or something about a Bud Light candidate. So it was still being politics. And but to your point, Zachary, I don't think I. I don't recall there being any politically. I don't either, okay. which was nice. Gosh, isn't that? Mm -hmm. Jeez. We were still there. There were several things that were brought up as far as uh, issues. You know, corn syrup. That's a health issue. And there the was also first a lot responder. Of, uh, that's a Georgia civic issue. Centered around mm -hmm. Georgia itself, which was um, kind of cool. Which, yeah, which was nice. That was. Um, what Georgia was that? farmers of America. Yeah. the corn farmers. Yeah, was it? Yep. Um, well, it was about Kia. It was Kia's uh, right. Telluride uh, truck. Yeah, SUV. there there were a lot of other good commercials that uh, that were there. Obviously, we can't talk about all of them. Um, if, I got nowhere else to be because I'm not cooking dinner tonight, so we can just stay here all night. <laughs> but um, I think those were were some of the top ones uh, that were there. Let us know what your favorites were. Go to our Facebook page, facebook.com/straightshot. Let us know. Uh, Do you which, have a straight shot for today? I don't. I don't really have one for today. We were just kind well, of... Well, I kind of gave you my straight shot. My, my straight mm -hmm. shot for, for this is that um, I felt that people were maturing this time. I yes. felt that campaigns were getting a little braver. Braver. I think uh, people are getting a lot more outspoken. I think people are growing up a little bit. At least some of the more mature brands are finally stepping out of their comfort zone. And uh, I feel like as a small business owner, as a medium-sized, as any kind of business owner, recognizing 
your what your um, uh, what makes you different than your competition. Sure. And living in that moment and investing in that moment mm-hmm. and investing in that idea can really pay off. And or you could take a gamble and it not pay off. It just kind of depends on what, what it, how people treat it. Well, the other thing really that, that comes from Super Bowl advertising is that if you spend the, the time uh, and the investment, of course, to uh, come up with something that's creative, come up with something that's witty, come up with something that... Say that, something. That, yeah, that hits people's heartstrings either from being emotional... Um, in or a, funny bone. Or funny. Either, yeah, either one. Um, uh, or you know sometimes or gag reflex. Sometimes, like <laughs> sometimes matter of fact, is just fine. But people respond to emotional triggers, and smart advertising knows how to hit on those emotional triggers of their whoever their target is. Um, and and you know some of these uh, ads were were very smartly done, and we appreciate smart. Yeah, marketing. get out of your comfort zone. Take a risk, but understand that every risk is a gamble. So, you know, don't leave it up to fate. You know, do your research. Figure out who your target audience is and how your gamble might be perceived by people right now. Right Right. now. Because right now people are different than they've ever been. And, um, you know, I think that the... I think that the game itself was quite boring. I thought that the commercials um, were... They were okay on the average. They were better to watch than the game. <laughs> and they were better to watch than Adam Levine's nipples. Well, um, I think that... Do you the, disagree with me, Zachary? The, the <laughs> advertising during the Super Bowl is always good because it is part of the event. Um, and advertising does not get its own, you know, most people spend time trying to run away from it. Uh, so it's nice to, uh, for the Super Bowl to be a, a time when people want to see the commercials and they want to talk about it in society the next day. Uh, and they, they, I think it really is a time when, uh, when agencies, uh, the creative people that come up with these, find appreciation. Uh, and that, of course, is nice because that's the world that we live in. Um, yeah, allowing uh, agencies and creatives to exercise their creativity. A right. lot of times agencies are um, strangled a little bit by our clients where our clients are afraid to take risks. Our clients are afraid to reach outside the box. And, um, you know, so we end up doing a lot of kind of watered down material. Well, we do things that are... are we, Safe. We, we do. There's a lot of safe. There's... A, there's you know, some that are edgy, and then there's some that are that are in between. Um, but being on target is most important. Um, and yeah, shot uh, for no reason is just shot. yeah. And there there's a lot of things that are that are just all fluff and, and don't say anything. Of course, we don't want that either. Um, but the more creative ones are fun. Uh, I had a client call me uh, this week. Just um, I think it was yesterday. And uh, was talking about doing, he had a, an idea for uh, a campaign where they were rock stars. And the fact that a client comes to me with a creative idea, I'm like, we're there. That's going to be fun, you know, yeah, and uh, as long as it makes sense. As long as it makes sense, of course. Um, it's our job to make it make sense. Yeah. <laughs> Fulfillment yep. of our clients' dreams in a way that makes sense and is conducive to their clients, right. to their target audience. Um, anyway. That's all we have for today. Stay tuned for the next uh, Straight Shot after this. We will upload this as soon as possible before the Super Bowl buzz is over with. Yeah, if you guys want to be um, guests on the podcast, Mm -hmm. we are always inviting people to come in and share your opinions and your thoughts and your voice with us. 
you can uh, you can always uh, email us mm-hmm. um, or at, was it info at straightchat.net yes uh, you can also call and the phone number is 678-825-8086 extension 300 you can uh, call us there and leave some uh, information we'll get back to you with uh, a, a time we can work out a time for you to come in here and play with us and, and if you have something that you want for us to uh, to talk about let us know uh, yes. Through those same those same uh, avenues, uh, you know, a lot of people said, you know, were asking me, how do you guys watch the Super Bowl? And they wanted, they're With looking forward to, yes. to, uh, to this show. But if there's ever, if you have a question about how things work, if you anything like that. Uh, you know, I spent uh, 45 minutes today with a, a client discussing what market analysis was and why. Uh, any questions Which like I that? Which probably fell asleep. Any questions like that that you have, um, just uh, let us know, and we'll be sure to uh, tackle it as long as it makes sense. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Mr. Z. Yes, yes. And uh, come back and see us again for the next time we do these uh, little podcasty things. I'm sure whatever we have to say will be insightful, intelligent, brilliant, and hilarious. <laughs> All in that order. Anyway, have a great night, guys, and we'll see you later. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. If you found this podcast informative, we hope you'll pass along our web address, straightshot.net, to your friends, colleagues, and business associates. And please leave us a positive review on iTunes or on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash straightshot. If you would like to have your question featured on the show or would like to be a guest, call 678-825-8086, extension 300. Or you can email us at info at straightshot.net. Be sure to download the Straight Shot podcast app on your smartphone to hear previous and new shows. You can also find us on Spotify, iTunes, or directly at straightshot.net. This has been Straight Shot.